Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest is me. I have started this podcast this same way for about two and a half years. And I have had the amazing privilege of really interviewing friends of mine around the globe who are incredible leaders in the real estate industry. And over and over again, I have been asked to answer the questions that I ask of my guests. And so I'm gonna do that today. You know, this podcast started because I started mentoring folks and I wanted a way to figure out how to do this in a way that would be exponentially larger and touch more people. And so my business coach, Kelly Townsend, had said to me, why don't you do a podcast? And I started this podcast in January of 2020, just before really the world went awry with the pandemic. And this was an incredible gift because this was a way to keep communicating with all of you. And so for me, it has been an incredible honor to really be able to sit down with my friends, because that's who they are to me, and really understand from them what their story was so that you can learn from them, hopefully. And some of the emails that we have gotten has been, oh gosh, they've, they've touched me in such an amazing way. So thank you for communicating with me. And, you know, we're now distributed in over a hundred countries. And that to me brings an incredible responsibility for the message that we're putting out there. And so I wanted to interview myself. It was really the questions that I posed to so many of my friends. I will now answer for all of you. So the first question that keeps coming back was how I got started in real estate. And so I actually came into real estate from a banking world. So I was director of private banking at Deutsche Bank for just about 10 years. And I left after 9-11. The world changed after 9-11. Risk management changed. The idea of how we did structured products for clients changed. And so I started purchasing properties in Miami. I just needed a break from New York and I wanted something different. And so I started just buying stuff for my own portfolio and quickly realized in doing my PL statement, my profit and loss statement, that a lot of the costs were real estate commissions. And so I had the free time. I went to go and get my real estate license just for my own deals. And I had no intent of getting into the real estate industry. And then there was a friend of mine in Miami named Daisy Oliveira, and she was the society columnist for the Miami Herald. And she and I had become really close friends. And she said to me, you have to meet this person, Carlos Justo. And Carlos Justo had the distinction of having sold every major celebrity their home in Miami. Everyone from Stallone and Madonna in the 80s 
to Ricky Martin and Shakira in the 2000s. And it's his 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 roster of celebrities was crazy off the chart. He had the very first reality show in the real estate realm, which was Million Dollar Agent. And that was on TLC in 2004. So if you guys have any inkling to look it up, go look it up. It's a lot of fun. And so I met with him and we got along really great. And so it was intriguing to me what he was doing. Long story short, I came in and started running his team and we were able to come in and I ran it very similar to the banking world. We would have 8 a.m. meetings and in Miami, that's crazy. Uh, no one's up at 8 a.m. in Miami. And so we would have 8 a.m. meetings. We had a war room. We were really focused on the ultra luxury of the market. The top 1% of the market only is what we were focused on. And if you came into that conference room, you would sort of see that everything around you was just what's on the market, what just expired, who lives where, who could move. And we had this down to a science. Pre sort of crisis, our average sales price was $7 million. My very first sale was the penthouse of the Fountain Blue. And that was at $6.4 million. I had never sold a property in my life before. And so people say to me, how could that have been your first sale? And for me, it was simply because I believed it. I believed that I could do it. And that was where I was most comfortable. I couldn't tell you how to sell a $300,000 condo, but I certainly felt really comfortable selling you a $7 million penthouse. And so that was where I felt the most comfortable. That's where I liked to play. And I just knew that that was where I was going to be. By the way, my second sale was $12.4 million on Fisher Island, which was a private island off the coast of, uh, well, off, off of Miami Beach proper. And you could only get there by helicopter at the time, by private ferry or by boat. And so that to me, by the way, I had the, um, the record sale there for a very long time for a home. It's now since been beaten because the market is crazy. Um, and then in, uh, in 2010, I moved over to the corporate side and I moved over to the corporate side at Sotheby's and then went to um, Realogy and looked over all of that. And then the last two years, I have had the immense honor and privilege to have found EXP and to be the president of EXP Global. Uh, so that was the first question that I had on real estate. My second question came to me, which is, again, this is payback. These are the questions that I always ask my guests. So what was the greatest lesson that I've learned in my career thus far? So for me, it's really been, well, it's been a lot of lessons, let's, let's be honest. But one of the ones that really comes to mind is the idea of transparency. And let me tell you, when this was 2008, so this was really the, the, the height of the crisis. Everything was hit really hard. Miami was hit exceptionally hard in the crisis. All the prices went down dramatically. It's like every, the market fell like tremendously. And so I had a client that was referred to me through some of my financial contacts. And this gentleman I knew was a hedge fund manager and he and his wife wanted to look at a penthouse in one of the 
ultra luxury developments that was still sort of operating in Miami. And so I went to show it to them and I thought that it was too expensive. And so I came in and wanted to negotiate for them. And so the developers just wouldn't budge. And so I had my lunch with the clients. We were talking about it. The wife had fallen in love with this apartment. And I said to them, don't buy it. It is not worth the price you're going to be paying for it in this particular market. And they looked at me and they said, you know, we're in the middle of a crisis and you're just talking yourself out of a six-figure commission. And I said to them, it's not right for you. The next thing that happened rocked my world. He said to me, do you know what I do? And I said, well, I know you're in finance. I know you're a hedge fund manager. And so he told me what he did. And he then said to me that they were looking to do a vulture fund. So for those of you that didn't know the term, vulture fund was something that was created back during the crisis for large organizations that had a lot of disposable income to come in and buy a lot of properties undervalued. And so they came in, they gave me their parameters and they said to me, I wanted somebody that was honest in the marketplace and would have our best interests first. At that lunch, they hired me on retainer at $20,000 a month in the middle of the crisis to be able to make sure that I had all of their interests first in looking at everything on the market. 2008 was actually my best year in the business. Now think about that statement. 2008 was my best year in the industry. I hired two extra people on my team just to deal with this fund's activities of what we were doing. And that was all about telling somebody that the property that they wanted for themselves wasn't right for them. So remember to be transparent always. Your word is what will be your reputation in this industry. People will always remember what you tell them. So the next piece is the same question that I ask a lot of folks. The three pieces of advice that I would give somebody entering the business today. So the first one is one that I say until I am blue in the face, build your business plan. Success is a math equation. You want to make a million dollars this year? Okay, great. So you figure out how much you need to make per month. You need to figure out how many calls that takes you to get X number of listings or X number of buyers for X number of transactions. It is a math equation. Be true to yourself. Know what your average sales price is. Know what your sphere of influence is. Figure out what this math is and work backwards. Also figure out when do you take vacations? So that month is going to be a little less than what you're going to be doing on the others. So figure this out for the entire calendar year. By the way, not just transactions, figure out your marketing, figure out what your cost of, of a client is, figure that number out. That is super, super important for you. You're running a business. You're the CEO of your own business. You need to treat it that way. You know, it's so funny. Somebody said this to me once. If you were to really take a day off of your job, you'd feel bad. So if you don't treat your business the same way, you're not going to succeed.
You are the CEO of your own company. Treat it like that. The next thing is surround yourself with greatness. Go find out who's doing this better than you. Go learn from them. Observe them. Just learn. Soak it in. Be a sponge. Be able to learn greatness. You are the product of the five closest people in your life. That has been proven over and over again. Who are the five people in your life that are your board of directors of your life? Make sure you select them carefully because that is going to be, when you take the common denominator of those five people, that's who you are. So make sure that the five people that are around you are the ones you want to be around you. And lastly, just believe in yourself. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell you, you can't do this. So Henry Ford said, if you believe you can do it or you believe you can't, other, either way, you're correct. So just believe you can, because there's a lot of people that are going to tell you you can't. Let that be the noise out there. By the way, sometimes you need to go in and edit your friends that are just not supporting you. And sometimes you just might need to stay away from family members as well. So you need to make sure that the people that are around you are there telling you that you can do this. And so I'm not gonna go through all of my questions that I do with my guests, but the last question that everyone sort of wants to know that I ask on every single one of these podcasts is in your book of life, what is this chapter called? So for me, it's called Legacy. I just had the privilege of listening to Jarek Robbins, who is the president of Success Coaching. And he actually very eloquently said this. And he said, most people in their career go through two stages. The first stage is their first mountain, the mountain that they are trying to sort of get to, the mountain that they're building for themselves, they're building their career, they're doing what's right for them, they're doing, they're, they're building themselves. The second mountain is when you build for others. And so I am very definitely in my second mountain. And so this chapter is called Legacy. And for me, it's important to figure out what I'm leaving behind and how I can influence others and really be in service to others. That's what's in my heart now. That's how I do every single day, how I wake up and how I want to serve the world. So thank you for all of you for being a part of this journey with this podcast, for your amazing support that you've given to this podcast from, from day one. And the fact that we're now, you know, we've got 12 million impressions on this podcast. I mean, it's crazy when you start sort of thinking about how many people we touch with this. I'm incredibly humbled with the journey that we've built together. So thank you for all of your support. And next week, you will have another live guest. So thank you very much for everything. Bye-bye now. <music>